0: Get around, you fine children. Around the fire we shall be, For we are found to be. Chapter 14. Naber. The Norwegian Richback Quirrell, however, must have been braver than they thought. The weeks that followed, he did seem to be getting paler and thinner, but it didn't seem as though he'd crack yet. cracked yet. Every time they passed the third floor corridor, Harry, Ron, and Hermione would press their ears to the door to check that Fluffy was still growling inside. Snape was sweeping around in his usual bad temper, which surely meant that the stone was still slave, safe. Whenever Harry passed Quirrell these days, he gave him an encouraging sort of smile, <clears throat> and Ron had started telling people off with of laughing at Quirrell's stutter. Hermione, however, had more on her mind than the philosopher's stone. She had she had started drawing up revision timetables and color coding all her notes. Harry and Ron wouldn't have minded, but she kept nagging them to do the same. Hermione, the, exam, the exams are ages away. Ten weeks, Hermione snapped. That's not ages, that's like a second to Nicholas Flamel. But we are not 600 years old, Ron reminded her. Anyway, what are you revising for? You already know it all. What am I rising for? Are you mad? You realise we, we need to pass these exams to get into the second year? They are very important. I should have started studying a month ago. I don't know what's gone into me. Unfortunately, the teacher seemed to be thinking along the same lines as Hermione. They piled so much homework on them than the Easter's, that the he- Easter holidays were nearly as much fun as the Christmas ones. It's hard to relax and Hermione next to you, with Hermione next to you reciting the 12 uses of dragon blood or practicing a warm moment. Moaning and yawning, Harry and Ron spend most of their free time in the library with her, trying to get through all their extra work. I'll never remember. God, Ron. Ron, you're killing my throat. I need throat surgery. Wait, I'm just gonna put the light. Uh, lamp lights. I need the lights. And I needed water, but as usual, I forgot it. I'll never remember this. Ron burst out one more afternoon, throwing down his quill and looking longingly out of the library window. It was the first really fine day they'd had in months. Sky was clear, forget me not blue, and there was a feeling in the air of summer coming. Harry, who was looking at a detourney in one thousand magical herbs and fungi, didn't look up until he heard Ron say, Harry! What are you doing in the library? Hagrid shuffled into view, hiding something behind his back. He looked very out of place in his moleskin overcoat. Just looking, he said in a shifty voice that got their interest at once. Eh, what are you you all are up to? He looked suddenly suspicious. You're not still looking for Nicholas from hell, are you? Oh, we for- oh, we've forgot who he is ages ago, said Ron impressively. And we know all the dog's garden. It's a philosopher's stone. Shh. Hagrid looked, Hagrid looked around quickly to see if anyone was listening. Don't go shouting about it. What's the matter with you? There are a few things we wanted to ask you as a matter of fact, said Hagrid. About what's ga- guarding the stone apart from Fluffy? Shh, said Hagrid again. Listen, come and see me later. I'm not promising I'll tell you anything. My, but you're a rabbit in in here. Shit, I'm supposed to know. You didn't, didn't think I told you? See you later then, said Harry. Hagrid shuffled off. What was he hiding behind his back? said Hermione thoughtfully. Do you think he had anything to do with the stone? Do you think he had anything to do with the stone? I want to see what section he's in, said Don who had enough of working. He came back a minute later to find a p- with a pile of books in his arms and slammed them down on the table. Dragons! Dragons! he whispered. Hagrid was looking up stuff of dragons. Look at this. Dragon species of Great Britain and the island, from Egg to Inferno, a Dragon Keeper's Guide. I guess I always wanted a dragon. He told me the first time I met him, I ever met him. But it's against our law. laws, said Ron. Dragon breeding, breeding was outlawed by the Warlock's Convention of 1709. Everyone knows that. It's hard to stop muggles noticing us if we keep dragons in the backyard. Ooh? Anyway, you can't tame dragons, it's dangerous. You see the burns, Charlie's got a wild ones in Romania. But there aren't any wild dragons in Britain. Of course there are said so um common words green. And uh Okay, um it's a very old book. Some of the words have been like scratched out like the prints gone, so I think it's the Hybridian Blacks. The Hybridian blacks. The ministry of magic has his job hushing them up, I can tell you. I had to keep putting spells on muggles who spotted them to make them forget. So what on earth's Agarad up to? said Hermione. When they knocked on the front door on the, on the door of the gamekeeper's hut, an hour later they were surprised to see that all the curtains were co- uh, closed. Harry called, who was it?" before he let them in and then shut the door quickly behind them. It was definitely hot inside, even though it was such a warm day. There was a blazing fire in the grate. I made them tea and offered them stored sandwiches, which they, which they refused. So yeah, so yeah, you, you know. so <laughs> no, so yeah, wanted to ask me something? No. So, you want to ask me something? Yes, said so, Daddy, There's no point beating around the bush. We we're wondering if you could tell us what is guarding the philosopher's stone apart from Fluffy. Haggard frowned at him. "Course I can't," he said. Number one, I don't know myself. Number two, you all know too much already, so I wouldn't tell you if I could. That stone's here for a good reason. you almost stolen out Gringotts. Suppose you've, you've worked out that hour all and all. Beats me how you ain't gotta know about Fluffy. Oh, come on, Hagrid. You might not want to tell us, but you do know. You know everything that goes on around here. Said Hermione in a warm, flattering voice. Hagrid's beard twitched and they could see tell he was smiling. We only wondered who had done the guarding, really, Hermione went on. We wanted who Dumbledore had trusted enough to help him. Apart from you. Hagrid's chest swelled at these last words. Harry and Ron beamed at Hermione. Well, I don't suppose it could hurt to tell you all that. Let's see. He bought Fluffy for me. Uh, then some of the teachers did enchantments. Professor Sprout, uh, Professor Flitwick, Professor McGonagall. He took them off his fingers. Professor Quirrell. Dumbledore did something himself, of course. Hang on, I've forgotten something. Oh yeah, Professor Snape. Snape? Yeah. You're not still about that, are you? Look, Snape helped protect the stone. He's not about to. Te- He's not about to steal it. Okay, wait. A- I feel a burp coming up. Ah! The problem is, it's so little. You can't really hear it. I don't want you to hear it. But it still doesn't give me a proper excuse, right? Yeah. I mean, who cares about the bang? Anyway. Uh, Harry knew Ron and Hermione were thinking the same as he was. If Snape had been in on protecting the stone, it must have been easy to find out how the other teachers had guarded it. He probably knew everything. except it seemed quiddlesville and how to get past Fluffy. You're the only one who knows about how to get past Fluffy, aren't you, Hagrid? said Hagrid anxiously, anxiously. And you wouldn't tell anyone, would you? Not even one of the teachers. Her soul knows knows, except me and Double Do, said Hagrid prou- proudly. Well, that's something. Harry muttered to the others. Hagrid, can you have a window open? I'm balling. Balling. It's not balling, it's balling, but. It feels like if you're a Brit. You're having a British accent and you're like. Balling. I don't know. I really need to figure out how to give a British accent. Yeah. British. Well, uh, man. Come, Harry, sorry, said Hagrid. Harry noticed some glance at the fire. Harry looked at it too. Hagrid? What's that? But he already knew what it was. The very heart of the fire, underneath the kettle, was a huge black egg. Ah, said Hagrid, fiddling nervously with his beard. That's, uh, very it, Hagrid, said Ron, crouching over the fire to get a close look at the egg. It must have cost you a fortune. Want it, said Hagrid. Last night, I was down in the village having a few drinks and a game of cards with a stranger. I think he was quite glad to get rid of it, to be honest. But what are you going to do when it's hatched, said Miney. Well, I've been doing some reading, said Hagrid, putting a large book from under his pillow. Got this out of the library. Dragon printing for pleasure and profit. It's a bit out of date, of course, but it's all in here. Keeping the air in fire, cause your mother's braid on them, you see? And when it hatches, feed it on a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. And see here, how to recognize different eggs. What I got there is a Norwegian ridgeback. They're rare, them. He looked pl- very pleased with himself, but Hermione didn't. Hagrid, you live in a wooden house, he said. But Hagrid wasn't listening. He was humming merrily as he stroked the fire. Sorry, I was drinking some water. I, mean, I like pause recording in the recording and shouted for my mother. Amma, give me some water." And she uh, gave and gave. Him. She's a sweet lady. Yes, yeah, she's a very sweet lady. But she, she knows mm-hmm. it too much, so I can't keep on telling it because she'll know me to that. Um. So now they had something else to worry about. What might happen to Hagrid if anyone found out he was hiding an illegal dragon in his hut? I wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life, said Ron side Sa- Ron as one evening after-oh no! <laughs> as evening after evening they struggled through the, all the extra homework they were getting. Hermione had now started making revision time for Harry and Ron too. It was driving them mad. Then one breakfast time, Hedrick brought Harry another note from Hagrid. She had written only two words. It's hatching. Ron wanted to skip her biology and go straight to the hut. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Hermione? How many times in our lives are we going to see a dragon hatching? We got lessons. We get in trouble. That's nothing what Hagrid is going to be when someone finds us or what he's doing. Shut up! Harry whispered. I made the last part a little uh, like faster. Yes, it seems like what her mind would do and know you understand her because I got a, like a friend named Niveda. Uh, miveda shouted to you if you're even listening you're not listening because you're a mean person um she's a really good friend actually and she's a big nerd yeah she's a okay she's a studious lady and she speaks so fast she's like a she's like a bullet train like um <laughs> Uh, everyone knows it. like uh, one time she was just deciding an answer and mom was like writing it on the board, she was going so fast, mom gotta keep up and I, uh, I mistakenly said out too loud, you better slow down mom can't keep up and everybody heard it, mom chuckled and kept on writing, I guess I was I was lucky that I'm also pretty favorite, so <laughs> um yeah. um, shut up shut up Harry whispered. Malfoy was only a few feet away, and he had stopped dead to listen. How much had he heard? Harry didn't like the look on Malfoy's face at all. Ron and Hermione argued all the way to Hobology, and in the end Hermione agreed to run down to Hagrid's with the two during morning break. When the bell sounded from the castle at the end of the lesson, the three of them dropped their trowels at once and hurried through the grounds to the edges of the forest. Hagrid greeted them, looking flushed and excited. It's nearly out! It's nearly out! He ushered them inside. The egg was lying on the table. There was deep cracks in it. Something was moving inside. A funny clicking noise was coming from it. They all drew their chairs out of the table and watched with bated breath. All at once there was a scraping noise and the egg split open. The baby dragon flopped onto the table. It wasn't exactly pretty. Hagrid thought it looked like a crumpled black umbrella. Its spiny wings were huge compared to its skinny's jet body, and it had a long snout with wide nostrils, stabs of horns, and bulging orange eyes. It sneezed. A couple of sparks flew out of its snout. Isn't he beautiful? Hagen muttered. He reached out a hand to stroke the dragon's head. It snapped at his fingers, showing poignant fangs. Bless him. Look, he knows his mommy said Hagrid. ''Hagrid?'' said Hermione. ''How fast do Norwegian Ridgebacks grow, exactly?'' Hagrid was about to answer and the color suddenly drained from his face. He leapt to his feet and ran to the window. ''What's the matter?'' ''Someone was looking through a cap at the curtains!'' ''It's Kate! It's running back to school!'' Harry bolted to the door and looked out. Even in a the distance, there was no mistaking him. Malfoy had seen the dragon. Something about the smile lurking on Malfoy's face during the next week made Harry, Ron and Hermione very nervous. They spent most of their free time in Hagrid's darkened heart, trying to reason with him. Just let him go, Harry urged. Set him free. I can't, said Hagrid. He's too little. He he'd die." They looked at the dragon. It had grown three times in length in just a week. Smoke kept falling out of his nostrils. Hagrid hadn't been doing his gamekeeping duties because the dragon was keeping him so busy. There were empty brandy bottles and chicken feathers all over the floor. I've decided to call him Norbert, said Hagrid, looking at the dragon with misty eyes. He really knows me now. Watch, Norbert, Norbert, where's mummy? He's lost his marbles, Ron muttered in North Harry's ears. Hagrid, said Harry loudly. Give it a fortnight, and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. My father he could, could, could go to Dumbledore any minute. Harry bit his lip. I, I know I can't keep him forever, but I can't just stomp him. I can't. Harry suddenly turned to Ron. Charlie, he said. You're losing it too, said Ron. I'm wrong, remember? No, Charlie, your brother Charlie. Romania. you. Dragons, we could send Norbert to him. Charlie can take care of him and put him back in the wild. Brilliant! said Ron. How about it, to Hagrid? And in the end, Hagrid agreed that he could send an owl to Charlie to ask him. The following week dragged by. Wednesday night found Hermione and Harry sitting alone in the common room, long after everyone else had gone to bed. Excuse me? The clock on the wall had just chimed at midnight, and the ported hole burst open. Ron appeared out of nowhere as he pulled off Harry's invisibility cloak. He had been down at Hagrid's heart. Helping him feed Norwood, who was now eating dead rats by the crate. It beat me, he said, showing them his hands, which was wrapped in a bloody handkerchief. I'm not going to be able to hold a quill for a week. I tell you, that dragon's the most horrible animal I've ever met. By the way, Hagrid goes on, but you think it was a frightfully little bunny rabbit. When he beat me, he told me off for frightening it. And when I left, he was singing in a lullaby. As a tap on the dark window. It's anyway, said Harry, turning to let her in. She'll have Charlie's answer. 3 of them put their heads together to read the note. Dear yeah, Wall, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd be glad to take the knowledge reach back, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over to some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. Probably is, they must not seen anything carrying an illegal bragging. Could you get Ridgeback updated? Oh, just one second. At the tallest tower at midnight on Saturday, I can meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. They looked at each other. We call it the invisibility cloak, said It shouldn't be too difficult. I think the cloak's big enough to carry two of us and Norbert. It was a mark of how bad the last week had been that the other two agreed with him. Anything to get rid of Norbert and Malfoy. There was a hitch. By next morning, Ron's bitten hand had grown to twice his usual size. He didn't know whether it was safe to go to Madame Pomfrey. Would she recognize the dragon bite? By the afternoon, though, he had no choice. The cut had turned a nasty shade of green. Looked as if Norbert's fangs were poisonous. Harry and Hermione rushed up to the hospital wing at the end of the day to find Ron in a terrible state in bed. Just on my hand, he whispered. All that feels like it's about to fall off. Matter I told Madame Pomfrey he wanted to borrow one of my books so he could tell... So he could come and have a good laugh at me. He keeps threatening me to tell what really bit me. I told her it was a dog, but I don't think she believes me. I should have hit him in the Quidditch match. That's what he's doing. That's why he's... I shouldn't have hit him in the Quidditch match. That's why he's doing this. Harry and Hermione tried to calm Ron down. He'll all be over at midnight on Saturday, said Hermione. But this didn't soothe Ron at all. On the contrary, he sat bolt upright and broke into a sweat. Midnight on Saturday! May I got sorry, he said in a hoarse voice. Oh no, oh no. I just remembered. Charlie's letter was in the book I took. He's gonna to know we got rid of Norbert. we getting rid of Norbert. Harry and Hermione didn't have, get a chance to answer. Madame Pomfrey came over at that moment and made them leave, saying Ron needed sleep. It's too late to change the plan now, said so Harry told Hermione. We haven't got time to send Charlie in aloud, and this could be our, and this could be our only chance to get rid of Norbert. We have to risk it, and we have got the invisibility cloak. My father doesn't know about that. They found Herma Fang, the boarhound sitting outside with a banged bandaged tail. When <laughs> they went to tell Hagrid, who opened the window to talk to them, "I won't let you in," he puffed. Norbert's at a tricky stage; nothing I can't handle. And they told him about Charlie's letter. His eyes filled with tears. Or that might have been because Norbert had just bit him on the leg. Ah, it's alright. He's only got my boot. Just playing. He's only a baby after all. Baby banged its tail on the wall, making the windows rattle. Harry and Hermione walked back to the castle, feeling Saturday couldn't come quickly enough. They would have felt sorry for Hagrid when the time came for him to say goodbye to Norbert if they hadn't been so worried about what they had to do. It was a very dark, cloudy night, and they were a bit late arrived at Hagrid. And they were a bit late arriving in Hagrid's hut because they'd have to wait for police to get out of their way in the Entrance Hall where he'd been playing te- tennis against the wall. Entrance Hall? Against the wall. Rhymes. Hagrid had Norbert packed and ready in a large cake. He's got lots of rats and some bra- brandy for all the journey, said Hagrid in a muffled voice. And I packed in pe- pe- study bank as he gets lonely. From inside the crate came ripping noises that sounded to Harry as though Teddy was having his head uh, torn off. From inside the crate came ha Bye bye Norbert! Hagrid sobbed as, sobbed as Harry and Hermione covered the crate in their invis- invisibility cloak and started underneath it themselves. Mommy will never forget you! How they managed to get the crate up to the castle they never knew when i tickled, tickled nearer as they hid norbert up the marble staircase in the entrance hall and along the dark corridors up another staircase then another You one of harry's short cuts didn't make the work much easier nearly there said harry punter as they reached the corridor beneath the tallest tower then a sudden movement ahead of them made them almost drop the crate forgetting that they were already invisible they shrank into the shadows setting in the dark outlines of two people grappling with each other ten feet away a lamp flared. Professor MacConnel, in a tartan dressing gown and a hairnet, had Marfoy by the ear. Detention! She shouted, and twenty pounds from slithering, wandering about in the middle of the night. How dare you? You don't un- you don't understand, Professor. Hey, Potter's coming? He's got a dragon. What utter rubbish! How dare you tell such lies? Come on, I should see the professor and about you, boy. Steve's trial staircase out of the top of the tower seemed to be the easiest thing in the world after that. Not only did they stepped out of the cold night air did they throw off the cloak, glad to be able to breathe properly again. Hermione my I sort of jig. Balfoy's got the change." I could sing. Don't, I advised her. Chuckling about Malfoy, they waited. Norbert thrashing about in his crate. About ten minutes later, four broomsticks came swooping out about out, down out of the darkness. Charlie's friends were a cheery lot. They showed Harry and Hermione the harness they rigged so they could suspend Norbert between them. They all helped buckle Norbert safely into them and th- sniffed safely into it. And then Harry and Hermione shook hands with others and thanked them very much. At last, Norbert was going, going, gone. They slipped back to the st- down the st- spiral staircase, their hearts as light as their hands. Now that Norbert was off with them, no more dragon, might find detention. What could spoil their happiness? Answer to that quiet was waiting at the foot of the stairs. As he stepped into the corridor, Filch's face loomed suddenly in the darkness. Well, 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 he whispered. We are in trouble. They left the inversely cloak on top of the tower. That is the end of chapter fourteen. No, but the Norwegian reach back.